Welcome to another edition of the Kentucky High School Baseball Coaches Association podcast. I'm your host, Levi Bristow, and welcome everybody to the 2019-2020 school year. As I'm sure coaches across the state are excited to get, to get started, get going, especially all the new hires out there. Congratulations on your first year being head coaches. As I'm sure most of you have been around the game or been assistant coaches for a long time and have uh, earned your opportunity, so congratulations. That being said, today we get to sit down with Coach J.J. Baker, Hazard Baseball. J.J. is one of the assistant coaches there. He's been there now for, I believe, four years. And uh, what can you say? Four years and uh, four region championships in a row. I mean, that that's pretty impressive from a school that's an all-A category and has 140 to 145 uh, male student-athletes just on campus. And uh, so I definitely wanted to reach out to Hazard Baseball and find out what they're about, how do they train, what they, how they do things, and just get get some insight and to share with coaches across the state about how this program's doing because obviously there's, they're doing something extremely well, including a Final Four appearance uh, a couple years ago. So that being said, let's go and get to the podcast and listen to all things Hazard Baseball. So I got Coach Baker on the phone. Coach, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. So I'm excited to get you on the podcast. Uh, I know Coach Meehan uh, couldn't be on it, and that's perfectly fine because it's great to get an assistant coach's perspective on a special program as successful as your all's. So let's go ahead and start from the beginning and tell you how you got into coaching. Uh, I actually uh, – Coach Meehan had approached me. I was coaching football at Hazard for Coach Dix and started there back in 2006. And uh, I had a son coming up through uh, the baseball program, and uh, and he approached me about possibly helping him uh, with baseball. And I was, I, I was a little hesitant, didn't really want to uh, coach my son uh, his four years of high school. And me and basically told me that's that's uh, that's nice, but uh, I need help. So uh, he uh, he convinced me to to help him coach, and uh, and the rest is history. Well, that's awesome. So it seems like it's worked worked out pretty well for you. Um, so as far as uh, hazard baseball, as as before you joined the coaching staff, what was kind of like the uh, the ambiance, the uh, culture known as for hazard baseball, as far as the community is concerned, and and what Coach Meehan had, had started to build there. Uh, you know, hazard has always been had some success to an extent. They've um, you know, always had a winning program uh, in, in any sport. Really, you know, we've we've always kind of kind of had uh, had some successful teams. Uh, baseball programs always been successful, um, not not to the extent it has been the last five or six years, but you know, always uh, competing in the fourteenth and fourteenth uh, region. And and uh, and me and kind of had had, uh, had a culture of of hard work and. Uh, and uh, you know they've. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how better to describe it besides you know, just uh, a drive to win. Right. So you joined the staff, and uh, your first that was your first practice. I know we talked on the phone before this about the challenges of a smaller school and how all your kids play multiple sports because there's only what 140 kids in the school, both males, men, and yes, is that correct? Yeah, hundred about 100, 140, 150 uh, males, and uh, you know, uh, 
uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, we had uh, one kid, Kyle Johnson, played four varsity sports this year. Uh, played uh, soccer, football. Uh, then he, he turned around, played basketball and, and baseball. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just one. We had, uh, we had four seniors on the baseball team this year, and three of those four played multiple sports. Two of the four played three or more varsity sports. With yeah, I mean, ba- Bailey Blair, Bailey Blair was actually the quarterback uh, on the football team. Then he was a, a guard on the basketball team. And then, of course, uh, one of our leaders on the baseball team as well, our utility guy. Yeah, those kids, those multiple sport athletes, they tend to not to shy away in uh, in big game, big moments in games. That's for sure. Because and may, did it ever occur to anybody that kid that played four sports maybe just didn't like to practice? <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. We never <laughs> never thought about that. <laughs> he may just be smart. It's like you know what? I just show up to play games, coach. That's all I do. I'll yeah. Game, you know, so. Hey, hey, if you're good enough, so be it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> way to do it right there and just play games for good practice. <laughs> um, so as far as uh, hazard baseball, let's go ahead and dive into the program a little bit more. So um, so we skipped to the fall because, you know, being a small school, there's not a lot of fall that comes with it. Um, first day of practice or hazard baseball, what's the, what's the, when you all get started? I, mean, I know the answer to this question already. Uh, yeah. We walked, walked through the first day of uh, workhouse or hazard baseball. Uh, first day, uh, February 5th. Show up. Uh, it's it's always going to be a six a.m. practice, uh, but six a.m. in theory. Coach right. Meehan uh, demands his guys to be there ten minutes early. If you're not there in circle stretching at ten till six, you're late. Yeah. So uh, we we get started early and and jump right into it. You know uh, the the guys they're they're usually pretty eager. They've been. Uh, conditioning throughout the winter and uh regardless of what sport most of them still lift uh they'll find times to lift and condition try to do some long tossing even if it's on their own uh with that and uh then they're they're eager to jump in actually get in the cages and things and uh and and get some instruction so uh, that that 6 a.m practice is it like on the field hitting all that stuff or, or what is it it, I tell you what, that is something we've actually had a, a local business that has donated us a building the last few years. And uh, it's got a, it was an old warehouse, and we've got our cages set up in there. It's got a large open room uh, where we can do some indoor stuff. And uh, we, we rarely go out on the field. We never uh, – this has kind of been a, uh, one, of our, one of our things that we've done the last couple of years. We've had some kids that – can hit some home runs. Yeah. So what we've done, we know we're going to have to play in Whitaker ballpark in, in the sweet 16 or in the final eight as, as the playoff uh, playoffs change this year. But we know we're going to have to play in a big park and a lot of the high school fields. Yeah. Our kids can sit back and jack home runs out of, and they can, they can do it in practice all day. Well, we don't want them doing that. We want them to be prepared to play in that big park. So yeah. we stay in the cage all the time and they hate it (laughs) they hate it while it's going on until you know the time comes to to hit in in Whitaker so uh uh, we we uh we do a lot of our defensive stuff is outside uh we can do some indoor things but uh all of our hitting's indoors we'd rather see them hitting balls off the back of the cage than 
and over the fence on a 315-foot field. Now, do you guys have any uh, any uh, visual targets set up in your cages or lines taped or anything like that? Sure. I mean, we you know we we work a lot on uh, uh, we will do the do the targets on the uh, on the uh, L screens. You know, try to hit the target. Try to hit the target. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll try to hit low line drives off the the back left side of the cage, off the middle of the cage, off the right uh, side of the cage. You know, uh, right. Kid, kids are. With with the uh, launch angle lingo and all this stuff, yeah. you know, kids sometimes misconstrue what's being said on television and on on different outlets of media as launch angle being pop ups, you know, and and it, we've had we've had to to fight that a little bit uh, uh, over the last few years and teach kids, you know, you want that that low launch angle. That's how I've started talking to them about it, is a low launch angle. Uh, you know, a, a rising line drive, and uh, and and that that helps, and and it's been easier to teach that in the cage uh, than than what it would be on the field, I believe. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I remember we had a stretch of two or three games. I want to think whether we maybe fielded two ground balls in uh, those games. It was all just everybody just pop fly outs, pop fly outs, line drives. And uh, it was just crazy. I was like, man, I, I, maybe it was one game. Maybe it was one game. I was like, man, I don't think it was a ground ball. This entire game was all pop flies. And our end, too, we had a lot of line drives and mm-hmm. home runs hit. And it was just – I was like, man, I it's like, man, baseball's really changed as far as uh, the launch angle, launch angle. And, you know, a lot, not a lot of teams are trying to, you know, choke and poke and hit ground balls and put the ball in play as much as that. And then when I played baseball. Yeah. You know, and, and we use that uh, – in 2018, on our Final Four run, we we kind of used that to our advantage. We uh, we had a power pitcher in, in Devin Morris. He uh, came in against uh, Corbin and struck out 16 guys. And I think his last pitch of the game was 90. Yeah. Uh, so our our final uh, so the Elite Eight game we we uh, draw Greenup. Greenup County, and I mean, they were just a, you know, at the, that time of juggernaut, they were rolling, and we look around, and we're saying, who do we pitch? You know, we've got a couple options. Do we want a, a harder throwing kid, or, or what? So we end up bringing in um, a, a freshman, a little kid throws some curveballs. I think he hit 70, 74, 76 on the radar down at Whitaker. <laughs> And yeah. we were counting on them to pop balls up, you know, see his, see his, uh, see his curveball, see his, see his fastball, and say we're going to just jack this kid. And and I think <laughs> I, I can't remember the number. It was five out of the first or six out of the first nine outs that we got were pop ups. Yeah, and you know, kind of worked worked out to our advantage. And uh, so we've used that. Uh, uh, against some other teams, you know, with some of our pitching strategies in the last couple of years, too. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit further. Let's talk about uh, Coach Meehan and, and you, Coach Baker, as far as in-game management. What are some things or in games that, uh, that maybe you all look for or chart or keep track of? You know, uh, a lot of what we do is on field. Uh, we uh, in-game, Coach Meehan basically gives the positions to, to his assistants. He said that you know he don't he doesn't want to micromanage his assistants. He hired us for a uh, for a reason, and uh, you know he basically he, he takes care of the uh, the outfield, 
and he he moves his guys. We do move a lot, uh, and yeah. uh, we uh, we'll we'll put shifts on, and and some people will say, why in the world are you shifting this much? Well, we're trying to play the play the percentages. You know, we yeah. we'll move kids. Uh, I I mean, even at times we'll move kids depending on what pitch is coming. I, I'll look the pitching coach and find out what he's doing, and I may move a kid. Uh, because of what pitch is coming. And, and a lot of that's just by feel. Looking at the kid swing the first time, you can tell how a kid's reacting to a pitcher and uh, get a pretty good feel of what he's going to do. So, right. uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we relied on that quite a bit this year. Uh, we didn't have a power pitcher, per se, this year. Had some really, you know, decent high school pitchers, but no one that was overpowering and, and – uh, it helped a lot with our shifts and our movements on our infield and outfield. So, as far as the uh, the pitchers, I'm sure at a small school, you guys have a lot of, a lot of uh, two way players, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of them. We yeah. have zero POs on the yeah. Team. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's so. so, so let's talk about that a little bit as far as uh, as far as managing those the, the the pitchers, position players, as most high schools have to do across the state. Yeah. Um, and let's talk a little bit about how you all work those in with your bullpens versus practice and things of that nature. Uh, early on, you know, when, when practice starts, we'll, we'll start with some low, low, bull, low uh, pitch count bullpens, uh, and we'll gradually work out up. Meehan is really, really good. Him and Coach Booth, Coach Booth's our pitching coach. They're really good about uh, limiting our pitchers early in the season uh, because, like you say, our guys aren't just pitching. They're, they may go from the mound to center field uh, when right. they get t- taken out. And, uh, you know, we rarely let a guy go over 50 pitches the first month of the season. And uh, and just simply because of that two-way player uh, uh, situation that we're in. And, uh, you know, that over the last couple of years, you can see that's paid off because our, our pitchers are, are a little bit more fresh toward the uh, – toward the uh, district and regional regional games than a lot of right. teams around. Some teams, you know, I, I saw some kids this year in the region that were just dead. Their arms were absolutely killed. They were dead because they were they were throwing 120 pitches every outing. Right. And, uh, and you know, we I think Meehan does a great job of, of limiting, limiting those guys early. It, and, and this has kind of been his philosophy over the last few years. You know, you're going to win games and lose games. Let's lose them in the regular season, you know. And uh, that that willingness to lose some regular season games in order to win games when they matter that that's paid off some as well. And our boys have taken that on. They they understand the process that that we may be limiting limiting you here and now early. That way we can let you go when it when it really counts. So right. So this is great. You're actually our first assistant coach on the podcast. What are some uh, some uh, what are some great things you feel like being an assistant coach versus what are some challenges that, that maybe you may face uh, at times? Uh, the good thing about the assistant, I, I've I've been involved football and baseball. <laughs> I, I get some you know get some different head coaches, you know, a little bit different uh, philosophies on different things. But the the great thing about being the assistant is I get to coach, you know, you get to do the, the, you get to go out there and, and don't really have to worry about the fundraisers. You don't have to worry about the administration 
and and uh, things like that. You know, we uh, you're almost turned loose on doing what you really want to do. Where I think those guys, you know, your head coaches sometimes get bogged down with uh, with all the outside stuff that's going on. They're having to deal with all these other issues that that we're we're insulated as as assistant coaches from. Yeah, that's always they always say the assistant coach is everybody's favorite coach. <laughs> yeah, he's just a coach. I got to make the lineup. You know, I know uh, mine are pretty good. If a kid was sitting and somebody's upset, like go talk to the head coach. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I signed up for. So I totally understand that. Um, and as, and as far as uh, so we talked beforehand, you know, during practice and things, kind of describe your role at practice and uh, the things you focus on. I, I myself, uh, I've kind of started in as the as more of a defensive guy uh Kenny Kenny Sloan's our uh, basically our, our hitting coach and uh you know everybody kind of has knows their role that's something that that we've talked about a lot you know we don't we try our best not to step on each other's toes because you don't want your kids hearing two different things from two different coaches you know and that kind of helps us stay on the same page uh, and uh you know, my job has basically been to look over the our our defensive uh, 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 side of practice outside of the outfielders. Coach Meehan likes to do his outfielders. Uh, but I work with our infielders. Uh, mainly, I focus on our middle infielders and catchers. Uh, but that's, that's basically what my role has been is uh, try to put those guys and get them ready, uh, ready to be on the defensive side of the ball. Nice. And as far so and let's talk about practice structure a little bit. What's a typical practice? You all do you defense first, you all uh, do you all hit first, or do you have small groups working around? How does it typically work for hazard baseball? Uh we're our field is it's kind of unique. I don't know if you've ever been to Hazard's field, but we're exactly in between two mountains. And okay. <laughs> and at, we get sunshine from about ten thirty in the morning <laughs> to about three in the afternoon. Yeah. So because of that, our field stays kind of soggy early in the year. So what we generally will have to do early in the season, there's been several, several seasons since I've been there. Our first time on the field has been a game. Right. Uh, because of, of because of the, the field situation. But we will actually go to um, go to the, the football field. It's turf. Uh, Coach Dixon will let us do that. And uh, and and we'll kind of share the field with them and soccer or whoever else is using it at the time, and do our defensive practices, uh, base running and all that. And then uh, we'll generally go down to the building, our, our little hitting facility, and and get our swings in. So typical day, just uh, and usually uh, our practices have been running short, uh, especially if we're indoors. We've got a couple cages going. We're we're Usually never, and this is this is a, a this is something that's kind of remarkable. We've carried about twelve varsity players, twelve high school guys, over yeah. the last last few years. Uh, you know, uh, and so we can get through. We've got a couple cages going. We're done we're done with our practices a lot of times on the hitting anyway, within forty five minutes. So, right. and, and and you know we're not killing those kids, and I think that's helped keep our kids fresh a little bit. Uh, so, you know, they're not getting burnt out. They're not going to two-hour practices every day. 
they're going in and getting a lot of quality practice instead of quantity. So uh, I think that's helped us out a little bit. Yeah, having those numbers is, you know, it's 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 a small number of kids in the school, but when you have 12 guys in the varsity roster, it's definitely more reps and repetitions versus, keeping, you know, we've had like anywhere from 15 to, to 19 in, in uh, the last squad coach dad. So, so yeah, so it's I, that's a huge advantage right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we do have some kids. We had a, a kid. You'll have some middle schoolers step up this year. Uh, uh, this year we had a, a couple of middle schoolers that stepped in and started some games for us. Um, Sawyer Patrick came in and played a, a couple games for us as a eighth grader at first base. Uh, had a had a, a, a kid that's going to end up being being a really good baseball player, Max. Uh, Max Johnson, he was an eighth grader and came up with one of the biggest plays in the – in the sectional against Corbin, uh, which is one of the best baseball games I've ever watched or had the pleasure of being a part of, you know, beat Corbin in 10 innings, two to one. And one of the biggest plays of the game was this little right fielder. That's an eighth grader, uh, Chase Estep, you know, was on second. Uh, little Bloop, he's having to hold on second, man on first and second. You know, a uh, guy that's got the speed to score from second. Uh is having to hold close because of a little blue, little blue pit behind first. A little eighth grader comes in and has the the presence of mind to come up fire into third to throw to throw uh, the lead runner out at third to get a force play. I mean, as an eighth grader, it was unbelievable. One of the best plays as a, for a young kid maybe that I've ever seen. That's crazy. Sure. No, that's pretty. That's good baseball IQ right there. Is what it sounds like. Oh yeah, and I mean, no kid. It, then it rolls over. He's playing football right now for us, and uh, he's starting safety for us as a freshman. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and and that's, that is another thing about being at the small school is, you know, these kids are getting opportunity a lot quicker than they do at a lot of the bigger schools. So, yeah. and uh, it lets them grow a little bit quicker, and, uh, and, and it's, you know, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages, uh, but, you know, as far as from the kids' standpoint, there's a lot of lot of upside to play at these small schools. Yeah, so Coach Mac, you know, Coach Mac said Harrison County saying that he loves having, you know, he loves to have kids come in and that can start as ninth freshmen, sophomores, eighth graders sometimes, and and uh, when he has a bunch of teams that have a bunch of young talent, they tend to be the best ones for him by the time the juniors and seniors. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it's got to be at those small schools, man. You're playing those eighth graders sometimes and freshmen sophomores and yeah and, but also it's got to be great too because with them being on the uh, varsity the being you know playing varsity years being in the high school program for so long you have to build some really great relationships with those kids i would think yeah well you know and you talk about young talent the, the group that that just graduated first time ever in our region i know uh, i know mccracken's won six regions in a row or something ridiculous yeah. But, uh, the, you know, in our region, we, we'd won four in a row. And that group of seniors, and, and I just want to give them a, a shout-out there, Bailey Blair, Andy Baker, Kyle Johnson, Dalton Baker, those guys over four years uh, won 139 games. And uh, I'm sorry, 115 games and lost 39. I mean, that's unbelievable. And those guys, uh, some of those, Andy and uh, Bailey, were start were everyday starters as eighth graders, yeah. And uh, you know, then you've got Dalton Baker. He he had to kind of wait his turn because he was behind Cole Rattler, who ended up Cole played at Transy, and, and Cole 
uh, a matter of fact, he's in uh, in medical school. Just uh, did his uh, uh, MCAT right now to go to medical school. So yeah, uh, but you know we've a lot of these kids are starting early, and you can see another group coming right now. This eighth grade group we've got coming that's well, they're freshmen now, are 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 along the same lines, maybe even better than what what the the our graduating seniors were. So. So let's talk a little bit about these uh, the younger kids coming in. So, is there a little league for Hazard? How does it, is the feeder system pretty good? How does the youth leagues or youth training work around there? And does you the high school have a relationship with those guys? You know the uh, it, it's a Hazard Perry County Little League is actually the oldest little league in the state. No, and nice. uh, I know that. Yeah, so that's uh, you know little league affiliation anyway, and they. Uh, all of our kids, the Perry County Central kids, the Hazard kids, all play together. Uh, yeah. And I, the the Little League boundary even goes up into Breathitt County. So you've actually got some Breathitt County and Jackson City kids that oh, may be God. playing in that Little League. So uh, uh, you know, and it's 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 uh, it's pretty it's pretty neat that that those kids, you know, they want to beat each other in high school, but you know they've grown up playing on the same teams together, and uh, and you know, we don't have all the all the travel teams that that some of the Central Kentucky uh, schools or, or kids kids uh, have. But uh, we uh, a lot of times they'll do the little league stuff. The uh, they'll go on to do the all stars and things like that. You do have a few a few uh, uh, travel teams that are trying to start up just to get some something beyond little league after little league's over uh, until football season starts. But uh, you know, not, not a lot of travel teams. Some of your high school kids are are going on and playing down uh, at, at some uh, at some travel teams in Central Kentucky, but uh, there's just not a lot of that. A lot of times, it's like we talked earlier. You know, there's uh, there's basketball AAU in the summer. A lot of these kids are right. doing that, uh, or seven on sevens for football, and and uh, they just go sport to sport. So. Man, that's uh. So, what's the biggest thing you've noticed as far as, um, you're also in hazard baseball steps in the field. What are some some traits you feel like the hazard baseball player has versus some of the other schools in the Fourteenth region? We, uh, our boys know they're going to win, whether they win or not. They know they're going to win, and yeah. and uh, you know it's they've been in so many big games. I mean, you know, playing. We we spoke earlier. Uh, playing at Whitaker was almost like a home game to those guys, right? Because, because they had been in so many huge games, and and you know it was when they walked out on the field, it, everyone in the dugout had the conf- had confidence in them, knew that that if there was a chance, uh, if if a team gave us a chance, we were probably going to take advantage of that and win and win the game, right? So, and I think that's the biggest thing is they just. Not it's not that they think that they they're going to win. They know they're going to win, and that's just something you can't tell, teach a kid. That's either in them or, or it's not. That's right. And I see also, you know, as a team, y'all had over three, almost three fifty last year. Yeah. Um, as as a squad, so what are some uh, as far as approaches at bats? How do y'all attack? Uh, uh, I know you're not the hitting coach, but I'm sure you you know you, you have a good idea. How do y'all attack uh, training your hitters? Well. One is, is it's, it's not just pitching. You know, we do uh, – Coach Sloan does all kinds of drills. I mean, it's every day. We usually set up four, uh, set up four different stations 
and and in those stations, you know, he, he tries to work on what we're struggling with at the time. Yeah, uh, he, he he'll do some uh, he'll do some live arm, uh, a lot of front toss, but before they get to those cages to do that, he's also trying to work on what we're struggling as as a team. And then if if we've got uh, you know a lot of our kids will go up to 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 coach and say hey I need some help you know he'll he'll stay after and and kind of give them their personal personal attention they need but he doesn't do it unless they ask him you know he he's he knows when to kind of stay back and he, he knows the kid's not going to react well if he's being made to stay so uh, though but our kids most of our kids uh, if not all of them. You know, they know when they're struggling and, and they're not afraid to ask. And, and it's pretty good our coaching staff will do, you know, always stay after. So, uh, Sloan, Coach Sloan does a great job with those those guys. And and that is something, you know, uh, you go back to 14, we had Griffin Wells. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, he was an all-state lefty we had. Uh, yeah. We, we were having to win games one to nothing with Griff. Griff was unbelievable. Uh could have played baseball at, at uh, a lot of colleges, and he chose to go into school, kind of left baseball behind, great left-handed. Probably the most composed pitcher I've ever been around. Probably the most composed athlete I've ever been around. And, right. uh, you know, we were having to win games one to nothing because we couldn't hit. And uh, and believe it or not, you know, uh, this is something that we've, we, we're we working with right now. We're trying to get our own building uh being a small school, the small school budgets and things like that, we mm-hmm. don't have a place to hit that is on school property. You Man. know, we've been we've been lucky the last couple of years to have that local business that had an empty building, and yeah. uh, and they've just sold the building. So we've been down this week getting our stuff out, and uh, we're scrambling right now trying to find a place. But we we have no batting cages on campus, and uh, and we've not had and you can look back over the years where we didn't hit well, that was part of the reason. So uh, uh, we're looking right now, trying to find a place to possibly, you know, it'd be great if we could get some local people to, to pitch in some money and get us a place on campus. But uh, uh, you know, that's, that's been the, that's been a, a huge uh, asset to us has been that building that we've had. We've actually right. been able to go in and hit at some. So. So as far as uh, fundraising, let's talk about that a little bit. What are some uh, roles you all have, or do you all do a lot of fundraising throughout the year? Is more booster club stuff, or how does it work with uh, Hazard Baseball? Yeah, we we're 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 self funded completely. Uh, we we don't get any money from the school board, uh, from the school district. Uh, everything we do, our boys, and that's something else that's a credit to our kids. Uh, next week we're going to start, you know, selling cookie dough. And uh, yeah. our, our kids have a number. If uh, if we uh, if we're not going on a a, a, a a spring break trip, we've got a number that they have to raise. If we're going on a spring break trip, it's a larger number that we have to raise uh, for yeah. those guys. And uh, we're one hundred percent self funded. So that's another credit. You know, you think about how busy and and not just the kids, their parents. You know they're having to play all these sports, raise money for all these different sports. And, and then, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a different situation than, than what a lot of people are in, I'm sure across the state. 
Right, of course. Yeah, Hazard seems to, from a distance, it seems like you have excellent, you know, family support and parent support, which is amazing. Can you talk about the community a little bit? Yeah, and, you know, that's something that uh, our community is unbelievable. I mean, it's uh, – we've never needed anything that we didn't get when we asked for it. Uh, you know, it's always been uh, – uh, I can go back to the football field. Uh, we needed, you know, the, all these schools around us were getting turf. Our field, like I said, our football field was much like our baseball field. It was soggy. We needed stuff. Community community leaders stepped up, got us some some funding, got it, got our turf field, got everything redone. And uh, with baseball, the same thing. You know, we we've had these term, tournament trips that we need to go on. Uh, you know, the kids need to be fed on these trips or or uh, lodging for the night, you know, we've got some really good uh, community leaders uh, that um, that have helped us in any way we've asked them. So, I mean, the support's unbelievable. We've got one guy in town. I'm going to mention his name's Cokie Cox. He's unreal. Uh, he's an <laughs> alumni. I used to coach Coach Cox. He coached back in the day uh, uh, for Hazard, and then he became a, a businessman. He, actually, his – his brother was Johnny Cox, All American at UK uh, oh. basketball. So, but uh, Coach Cox is unbelievable. You know, always trying to help the baseball program out. Uh, you know, if we need bleachers, Coach Cox gets bleachers. But he, and he's just one. Uh, you know, you can sit here and name off fifty other guys or or people around town that that help us out. Just unbelievable. It's great. It's a small town atmosphere, and you know, everybody tries to help out each other, especially the kids. So it, it, we're really blessed in that aspect. As far as uh, coaching education and uh, and things like that, do you guys do things as staff, or how do you all try to improve upon your uh, baseball knowledge? Uh, it It's always, always uh, the search for knowledge. You know, I mean, whether it's uh, uh, looking at YouTube videos or coaching clinics, whatever – you know, every day we come in and sit down, and, and it's funny that we'll, we'll be sitting around before practice and everybody's showing each other what we've seen on social media. You know, social media has really helped help get you thinking about uh, the way you practice and, and some of the uh, drills that you may do in practice, you know. It's always nice to see someone else's view on, on what you're doing. You know, get an outside view, and uh, and the social media stuffs actually helped. You know, we don't rely on social media for our practices, but we will improve on our on our drills and and the way our practices run by by getting that glimpse of of other people's uh, uh, the way they run things too. But it, it's it's funny every day you go in there, somebody says, "Look at this video I found." Uh, you know, and it, it's always you know trying to trying to improve on what we're doing so and, and that's the that's the thing about our coaches they're they show the willingness to want to learn they know that they're not the the beginning and end on baseball knowledge uh, all of us are ready to, to learn more so yeah none of us are and if you think you do know it all then you'll be yeah, what, soon. wait till tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till tomorrow. Exactly right, especially for baseball. Well, Coach, last question I got for you. It's been amazing having you on. As far as the uh, association and stuff, uh, what are some things you feel like that we can do as an association to help improve the, and grow the game of baseball across the state? 
you know, that's that's kind of a, a tough question. You know, uh, the Coaches Association, unbelievable, you know, the with the All-State teams and, and the Mr. Baseball, all that stuff. I think that that's something that uh, we all need to look at is how, how do we promote these kids? Are we? And that's the stance that we've started taking at Hazard, you know, trying our best with the Twitter, the Twitter feeds and all this stuff, you know, talk about our kids all the time so we can promote these guys. And, yeah. uh, you know, kids like seeing their name in the paper. Uh, and even though the paper's not the paper anymore, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I've still got clippings from back when I played football and baseball. I like, right. you know, I like seeing that. And, you know, you can go back and see, see your buddies, what your high school buddies did in, in that type of stuff. Well, these guys, they're no different. They want to see their name. You know, uh, somebody uh, mentioned their Twitter handle. You know, that way their buddies can say, hey, look, uh, so-and-so's name got mentioned on Twitter. And, and you know, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's something some of the organizations like uh, PBR has done. PBR, the Prep Baseball Report, they'll, they'll give some of those guys shout-outs, you know. Uh, they do, yeah. But – but it's it's our jobs as as our as high school coaches to let them know because there may be some hidden kid in in Hazard, Kentucky that's that maybe not getting uh, no one knows about that maybe the next next big thing and you know and and that's what we've really started trying to do is promote our kids more and get their names out a little more if nothing else but to to give them the recognition that they deserve for all the hard work they're putting in. You know, yeah. who who knows if we'll win uh, another region in the next ten years? But those kids still are work going to work the same amount of days. Uh, they're going to try to work as hard as these other guys have, and they deserve the recognition that uh, that the guys before them have got too. So that's I, a great that's yeah. a great point, Coach. I, I love that. Maybe as an association, we can also release a player of the week. I know the Prep Baseball Report does it, and uh, a couple other newly formed prep baseball Kentucky uh, Twitter pages have also started to do, which is great. That's a great point, you know, plus yeah. uh, with our name, we tend to do have a lot of, you know, most of the programs across the state do follow us. And that's a great idea, recommendation. I'm going to pass it on to the powers that be that if we can start having a player of the week from the deal, man. baseball coach association and, and tag those kids on those kids on Twitter. And uh, I'm sure that'll just help, help, help grow their name, those names and maybe get them to recommend uh, some recognition they, of course, they deserve. Um, sure. So that's great. That's a great – I love that. That's awesome. Um, well, Coach, I appreciate having you on. Coach Baker, uh, Hazard Baseball, four region championships in a row. Um, you all are doing a great job there. And uh, keep up the great work. And I appreciate you uh, being on the podcast. Hey, man, we, we really appreciate you guys. I mean, any recognition that, that we can get, you know, with that little school, we, we really appreciate uh, more than you guys will ever know. Well, we appreciate that, and, and good luck next year, Coach. It seems like you got a good core coming back, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see a Hazard Baseball for the fifth year in a row up at up at uh, at a Jaws second home up in Lexington. <laughs> Hopefully. All right, Coach. Have a great day, man. All right, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. What a great episode with J.J. Baker, assistant coach Hazard Baseball. We appreciate him sitting down with us, talking about all things Hazard, along with Coach Meehan and his uh, some of his uh, little tidbits of, of how they run things at Hazard, which seems like a very structured, disciplined, 
and uh, program the kids end up loving coach. Uh, by the time they graduate, they they appreciate all he's done for them. And as the seniors kind of lead the way, and uh, it was great to get some some knowledge and insight on hazard baseball. And again, they have uh, seems like a good core coming back. So I would not be surprised to see those guys again at Whitaker Ballpark playing and challenging for a state championship in uh, the 2020 school year. That being said, we want to thank all the listeners for pushing us above 4,000 as uh, we continue to climb the charts and the rankings of uh, iTunes. Keep it coming, coaches. Keep spreading the word. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on iTunes, Anchor. Uh, also share on Twitter any coaches out there, especially maybe some hazard rivals. Uh, share the episode, get the word out there, and let them know that we're trying to get as many coaches on this podcast as possible so we can get to know them. Uh, I was at a couple of coaches text me last week uh, saying thank you for letting us know about so-and-so because he's always coached against uh, this coach but never really knew him personally, and uh, the podcast gave much more respect for him, and that's what it's about. We just want to sit there, get to know these guys, get to know all the coaches across the state, as many as we can, those doing exceptional things, and uh, so we appreciate the support. And that being said, I want to say thanks to everybody, and good luck this year, and uh, never stop learning.